0: Would you do me a favor as you sit down, would you turn to somebody next to you and say, you know, I'm glad you're here this morning, and then wish him Happy Mother's Day. And if it's a man, don't worry about it. Just wish him Happy Mother's Day anyway. Thank you. Um, Gary and Mar, thank you very much. Happy Mother's Day. You know mothers are probably some of the most interesting creations that God has ever made and I say that with very much love and respect for the station of motherhood. Um, I am amazed at the different perspectives that people have on mothers. Uh, My my mother-in-law used who was a cross between I love Lucy and Auntie Mame, used to always say now, when I die, I want you to put on my tombstone. See, I told you I was sick. That, that was my mother-in-law. That American humorist Irma Bombeck said, When your other when your mother asks, Do you want a piece of advice? It's merely a formality. It doesn't matter if you answer yes or no, you're gonna get it anyway. <laughs> and the comedian Buddy Hackett said this. He said my mother's menu consisted of two choices, take it or leave it. <laughs> and Margaret, that French novelist and playwriter and screenwriter, Margaret Duras said this. Our mothers always remain the strangest, craziest people we have ever met. Amen. But my favorite, my favorite of all time comes from a 19th century novelist, short story and writer and poet, a lady by the name of Louisa May Alcott, in her classic novel, Little Women. The clocks were striking midnight, and the rooms were very still. A figure glided quietly from bed to bed, smoothing a cover here settling a pillow there and pausing to look long and tenderly at each unconscious face. To kiss each with lips that mutely blessed and to pray the fervent prayer which only mothers can utter. End of quote. You know, for all that has been said good about mothers, I don't believe that most women are aware of just how much influence they have as women and mothers. And that's probably why they're being attacked so hard by Satan and by society. I mean, after all, what makes a six foot six, 350 pound man who gets out on the football field and just demolishes the other team's people, and when you shine a camera on him, he smiles like a little boy and says, Hi, Mom! <laughs> you know, what, what? what is it? And when a fellow, a son, when contemplating marriage, what does he do? He always brings his bride home to meet his mother. Now, the Bible mentions mother or mothers over 300 times. And so your importance and influence as a mother, whether your children are home or no longer at home, cannot and should not be overlooked. And with that influence comes an anointing, a skill and ability from God to help you lead your sons and your daughters in the right direction that they need to take. And that anointing and that 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 skill, that ability, that's what an anointing is, by the way. The anointing is a skill and ability that comes from God that's over and above your natural abilities. And that skill and ability, that anointing that you have as a mother, doesn't leave just because your son or your daughter leads home. They probably need your godly wisdom in and your prayers and influence probably more than ever. And this morning, I'd like to share with you briefly some biblical stories about mothers. As you could tell from the title of the message, some were good. Some did some bad things. And then I would like to share with you how you can have the greatest impact and influence on your sons and daughters, whether they be at home or whether it be be away. Now in Genesis chapter 3, the Bible tells us that Adam named the first woman Eve. Not because of her beauty, but Genesis 3 and 20 tells us because she was the mother of all living. Mother. And in Genesis Chapter 27 it was Jacob's mother Rebekah that led him to deceive his father Isaac so that Jacob could receive the father's blessing and thus steal his older brother Esau's birthright and so not only was a man cheated out of his birthright and what was rightfully his but it created strife in the family because of a mom's bad influence And Jacob had to flee for his life. In 1 Kings 3, it was the evidence of a mother's love for her child that allowed Solomon to make that very wise and celebrated decision in giving the child to its rightful mother. When in fact, two women disputed who the child was. A mother's love saved a child from death and in 2nd Chronicles 22 King Ahaziah, his mother, advised him to do wickedly. And it not only cost the king his life but all of his brothers as a result of their wicked advice were slain. And there was a secession of that family's position in the throne. And so An era came to close and they had to find a new family to serve as in the kingship because of a mother's bad wisdom. In Ezekiel, and we had a good lesson this morning in Ezekiel, but in Ezekiel chapter 16, 16, when God is pronouncing judgment on Jerusalem, he says this, as is the mother. So is his, so is her daughter. In other words, it was an allegory that Jerusalem was just like Sodom and Gomorrah. And so showing that as a mother like a daughter. And then we have the Proverbs. Proverbs 8, 1 and 8 and 620, forsake not the instruction of your father and the law of your mother. Your father may teach you things, but it's your mother who lays down the law. And in Proverbs 10 and 1 says this, a foolish son is heaviness or depression or grief to his mother. Proverbs 29 and 15, a child left to himself brings his mother to shame. In Matthew chapter 14, we have the story of King Herod who asked Herodias' daughter to dance before him and she danced and did so well that the King Herod promised her up to half of a kingdom. And her mother said, I want the head of John the Baptist. And the ministry was brought to a close very quickly. But yet it was Jesus's mother who encouraged him to perform his first miracle, turning the water into wine and encouraged him And in Matthew 23 and 37, we see in Jesus' lament over Jerusalem that he uses the analogy of of a mother hen. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings but you were not willing. Ladies, I don't know if you're getting the picture, but as moms, you're very important. You're very, very important. Your influence, good or bad, whether you know it or see it, is felt by those around you. Through what you say and do and, and how you have related to your children. But I believe that the best example of an influence of a godly mother doesn't come from Proverbs chapter 31, although that's a wonderful chapter. But I think it comes from Luke chapter one. And if you have your Bible, will you turn there with me please? Luke chapter one. And It's not because of the lady's beauty, although she probably was very beautiful. It's not because of how many children she had or how her children turned out. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly how many children she had. And it doesn't tell us much about them either. But I believe that the title of Ultimate Mom is because of this young lady's response to a visitation she had from a spiritual being, an angel. And in Luke chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse, I'm going to start in verse uh, 26. Now, from verse 26 on to verse 38, A story is related of the angel visit to Mary and you all know the story. Mary the mother of Jesus, you all know that story. Mary at that time that the angel visited her was a young teenage girl. And she has just been told and she's engaged to a a young man by the name of Joseph. And she has just been told by the angel that she's going to conceive and have a child by the Holy Spirit. Now you need to understand something here, that this young lady was raised in the tradition of the times. And she knows the penalty for being found pregnant out of wedlock. It could mean a loss of her reputation, it could mean that she would never ever get married. No one would ever want her. Or it could mean she her death because back then when that happened they stoned them. So let's start in uh, verse Luke chapter 1 verse 26. Now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when Mary saw the angel, she was troubled at his saying and considered what matter of greeting this was. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am still a virgin, and I know no man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One which is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. That's a wonderful story, and I know we normally tell it in December. But verse 38 of this whole story, I believe, shows us with clarity the heart of this young woman. It gets right to, the, right to the heart of the matter. Then Mary said, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Now, Mary's admission of being a servant was not a forced indenture into a life of slavery. That's not what it was but it was submission to God and, and a submission to God that should characterize every Christian and mom today. I'm a servant of the Lord. God, let it be to me as it is according to your word. Mary never mentions, never mentions the shame of premarital pregnancy could bring her, nor the fact that it could cost her her life. She has been told God's will for her life, and she's been given a little bit of insight into the life of the child she's going to bear. And she was content with fulfilling God's will for her life. Didn't matter what the trial was. Didn't matter what would come her way. Mothers, I wanna tell you this morning, the greatest gift you can give your son or your daughter, whether they're home or away, is to be a mom who is submissive to and content with the will of God for your life and for the life of your son or your daughter. A mother whose life is defined by God's wisdom in her. A mother whose life is defined by God's love shown through her. And a mother who knows how to lift their children up in prayer. And protect them in the things that the world will try to bring upon them. Hey, listen, our sons and daughters are under attack. Amen. The devil would love to steal the next generation. He would. And it won't always be easy. But when you choose to be submissive to God and you, and you choose to walk in the love and the grace that he has given you, whether your children are at home or away, you will be submissive to the will of God. You will be amazed. You will be amazed at the wonderful things He will do in the lives of your children. Yes, they may not always go the way you want them to. But if you trust God, then you know that God's in control. And He knows how to woo them in. He's just looking for a mom. See, as a mom you have authority in that family. You have authority over your sons and your daughters. And their lives will be changed for the better forever. Forever. I love those words. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Let's pray. Lord, this morning I would ask that you would put in the heart of every mother within the sound of my voice the understanding that you would open their eyes so that they could see The wondrous things from your word and that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. So that they can understand the anointing and the influence that you have given them for their sons and their daughters and their grandsons and their granddaughters. They have an anointing, a skill and an ability from you to shape lives. To shape lives. If they will just be, here I am, a servant of the Lord. And I would ask this morning, Lord, that as they leave here, they will rejoice. They will rejoice that you trust them with the lives of that son or that daughter. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now,